Traffic is looking good at the moment, and there are no accidents or stalls blocking lanes anywhere. Uh, there are some intersections where the traffic signals aren't working, though, including Cujillo and Kapahulu in Waikiki, at Kalani on Oli Highway and Kealoho Street on the east end of the island, and in Kalihi, the signals aren't working at Waikamilo and Kalani Streets. 94.7 Kumu, proud to be Hawaii-owned and operated. A service of Pacific Media Group. It's your, it's your Rise and Drive morning show. 94.7 Kumu Kokua, because Kumu cares. All right, good morning. It is 8.01 on your Rise and No Drive show. And uh, we're doing our Kumu Kokua segment. want to welcome to our Kumu studio, Dr. Dara O'Carroll. Good morning. Hello, Doc. Good morning, guys. <laughs> nice to see you. Hello, hello. Um, and, and as I mentioned earlier, we are also simulcasting on our Kumu Facebook, uh, mm-hmm. so you can see the live right there. But uh, the doctor is here with us. <laughs> and to, he, he's, <laughs> he's comfortable with cameras. Yeah, I know. He gets to deal with that all the time. I so. know, I know. <laughs> um, and as I mentioned earlier, if, if uh, you have been watching the mayor's news conferences, uh, the good doctor has been in the news conferences talking about masks, mm-hmm. uh, social distancing, and all the other important things that we need to be doing to flatten the curve. So, um, yeah, so welcome. Good morning. Can we start off, though, by by addressing (laughs) the one thing that, like, okay, so you're a local guy, but your name is Dara, like D-A-R-R-A-G-H O'Carroll, which is so Irish sounding. What is up with that? Yeah, you know, the Irish don't know how to spell. (laughs) They throw G-H's where, you know, where they can. Um, (laughs) I was born in Ireland. My parents are Irish. And then I moved here and I was about a year and a half. Oh, okay. uh, all because of rugby. Uh, my dad found a coaching job out here, and oh. uh, the weather was a little bit different and nicer and warmer than than Ireland. Just a so, little, just a little, just a yeah, kind of like today. We I get guess. the rain though, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like the weather that it is now. I like I like rain. So that's the that's a short story. But so yeah. you uh, you got your training in uh, medical school here in the yep. mainland. Yeah, uh, I was a, a graduate of uh, Punahou High School in two thousand three when. Uh, uh, over to Boston University and um, completed my human physiology degree there and then medical school here and there's no emergency medicine training program on the islands and so I had to go somewhere and so I went to Los Angeles which is arguably the oldest and, and biggest emergency medicine training program in the country mm-hmm. so got mm-hmm. a lot of good experience there and I've been back for about uh, four years now. Oh okay cool. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. All right what is <laughs> what is your message today? Like, what what are you concerned about uh, with our community as we have been trying to meet uh, the challenges and, and and the needs of the COVID nineteen crisis? What worries you the most? Uh, what worries me the most is that you know there has been um, you know it was more in the early stages of this virus mm-hmm. that it was just the flu, which I think people have mostly moved past mm-hmm. towards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is, to put it simply in numbers terms, this is twice as infectious or contagious and 10 times as deadly. So it's definitely not the flu. And we can see that by what's happened in Italy and New York and, you know, spreading throughout the country, Chicago, mm-hmm. Louisiana. Um, and uh, to not lose, um, we've done a great job here in Hawaii thus far in flattening the curve and to um, not become complacent because... Mm-hmm. What a lot of these numbers and, and epidemiological models are built on is that uh, all of us are susceptible. And when, oh, we have a camera malfunction here. <laughs> I'll fix it. I'll take care of it. Okay, uh, continue, please. Yeah, what, we're, uh, what these models are built on is that everybody's susceptible. 
And mm. if we've only got, you know, 500-odd positive tests, which definitely does not account for all of our positive cases here in the islands, I've seen a lot of estimates up in already the five to 10,000 or even 15,000 mark. Um, it depends on what sort of model you're looking at. That still leaves almost our whole population here susceptible. So we're very, very susceptible to a secondary or tertiary or quaternary uh, curve, mm. not just that first curve that we That's what people trust. are talking about. They're saying that it, it starts uh, at, at one level and then we hit a peak. Mm-hmm. It goes down a little bit and then it peaks again yeah. because either we relax and people stop doing what they're supposed to be doing or mm-hmm. just the the virus like compensates and, and things change and sure. you're not expecting that right yeah yeah I, I think there's there's two aspects to look at it is that you know we can't stranglehold our economy forever if we had the choice we could you know a lot of people have said if if everybody in the country froze for two weeks and did not move good. and was six feet in front of or away from everyone the virus would peter out and it mm-hmm. would but we can't have that we still have essential workers we still have things that are moving mm-hmm. and then also it's a slow strangulation with our economy, whether it's, um, and it's a really hard balance. You can't put a number on a life either. Mm-hmm. And so it's, a, it's striking that fine balance that a lot of uh, studies are trying to find. Mm-hmm. And I think looking at China and how they're opening up at the moment, and hopefully they'll continue to be very forthright with their information, which they have been, um, Singapore and South Korea. So we can all learn from other countries who are ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And the islands... Uh, being in a unique position that we can hopefully control who comes in and who comes out. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, just a couple quick things. Um, we've all been reading and hearing and watching, and it's just you're inundated with information about COVID 19 and how it spreads and all of that stuff. But um, I just wanted to make sure I was clear on a couple things. Sure. One of the things is that you can be contagious but not have any symptoms at all, which is why wearing a mask is really important. Exactly. And that's what's made this virus so tricky uh, to contain mm-hmm. and why containment methods across the, across the globe have failed right. is that let's just take it the flu. The flu, you're generally only contagious at most a day before you develop symptoms. Mm-hmm. So that period of where you're walking around and not being careful and not coughing. Uh, shedding, they call shed, it. Exactly. Shedding uh-huh. the virus. See, learning the words. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm wearing with a mask. D, with so a D, D by on, the way. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <clears throat> um, yeah, so the flu, you're, um, at most there's a day of shedding, unknowing asymptomatic shedding. But with this virus, studies have shown that three to four days before you start having symptoms, you mm-hmm. could be shedding. Mm-hmm. And then what's come out most recently is that 20% of people will never have symptoms at all, but we'll be walking around shedding the virus unknowingly. So that's right. why it's really important when you're in high traffic areas, grocery store, pharmacy, bank, anything of that nature, where you can't be six feet away from people that you're wearing a mask. Okay, mm. okay. So, so then if that is the case, right, so we've talked about asymptomatic carriers of the virus then. So why is it that the government continues to prioritize um, only people who have symptoms in order to get the testing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Are you talking about nationally or here? At both, actually. Um, mm. I can't speak to the inner workings of their decision, so I wish I could. Um, but uh, there is still a uh, drastic um, clamoring, I would call it, for mm-hmm. all the same resources. Everything from the pipettes yes. that we use to 
um, transfer the virus and the reagents and the chemicals, and then also the swabs themselves that go pretty far back. You know, they're oh, they're pretty. Man. It's a good amount of plastic. <laughs> I had one. I had a swab done about two weeks ago. Thankfully, it was negative. Uh-huh. But yeah, it, it's it's not pleasant. It's not going to hurt you, but it's uh-huh. not pleasant. But uh-huh. those swabs uh, were manufactured in northern Italy, right? Which, yeah. which is everybody across the world, every municipality is going after the same resources and so it, it there's a backlog and people are trying to to build um, their testing capabilities mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. and so we have to kind of um, I would say use them wisely and of course we would love to test everyone and that would be the best way to get a hold of how many people actually have this and then hey if you test positive now you've got to quarantine yourself mm-hmm. um, but Using them on the most uh, wise populations, such as our essential workers, our healthcare workers, and then spreading out from there yeah. um, is is the best bet. Yeah. So mm. just short short on supplies, so had to prioritize. Basically, mm. is yes. what was happening there. Uh, mm-hmm. The other the other thing I had to ask you about was initially when the virus came around, people were saying, "Well, it affects the oldest population, the oldest part of our population, the youngest part. They'll catch it. They'll they can give it away, mm-hmm. but they're largely safe." Sure. But now we're finding that's not actually true because there's this middle ground of people who are in their 20s and their 30s mm-hmm. who are getting very, very ill. Sure. Right? And, th- and that might be just because a large part of our population is in 20 to 40 to 50-year-olds. Mm. Um, thank God our keiki are not being uh, hurt from this mm. as much as, you know, as, yeah. other, as other groups of people. Yeah. It would be absolutely devastating if it was taking the youngest of our population. Sure. And the theories behind that are, are, are twofold. One, that... They still have a thymus gland, which uh, increases their T cells, which are a type of immune cell. But also, you know, if any of you have kids out there, I don't, but I've, I know, I uh, have a lot of friends who do, that, you know, kids are constantly, get, constantly getting colds and oh, coughing and they sneezing. walking disease factories. <laughs> yeah. I always call them pe- Petri dishes on legs. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Playing with Play-Doh and then throwing mm, at each other yeah. and not washing their hands. Putting stuff up their nose. It's great. Yeah. And so there's four common... Bu- um, coronaviruses that are shared just in the cold se- uh, season mm-hmm. um, and they re- they are responsible for about 33% or a third of our common colds so the kids seem to have some sort of cross immunity and that they're catching all these coronaviruses but the immunity in your in your system doesn't last forever and that's why you re-catch these coronaviruses and that's probably one of the uh, most the biggest question mark about this coronavirus, mm-hmm. SARS coronavirus 2, is that when you catch it, how long are you going to have immunity? We don't know that question yet, the answer to that question. And if anything I say now turns out to be false, it's because we don't have all the studies. We don't have all the answers yet. This is such a new virus. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was 700 papers that came out in the first two weeks, so trying to keep oh, up whoa. on the flurry. 700? Yeah, trying whoa. to keep up on the flurry. It's a testament to our information age that we've got so much of this coming out so quickly and then it's um, being readily available to us. Mm-hmm. It's bypassing all the normal peer review uh, processes that we have and you know things are just coming out like that hydroxychloroquine study which we can get into later. If oh, you want. I'm sure we're people talk about that for no. sure. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, might have opened up a can of worms <laughs> with that one. But, but um, so back to are we going to have immunity to this? If you look at the most similar virus that we know of which is the original SARS back in 2003 Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. immunity only lasted for about two years or so MERS Mm. oh is that right yeah Middle Eastern uh, um, Respiratory Syndrome we only had on average I mean these aren't large studies again but they're the only studies we have only we only had 
immunity for about 18 months. So is this going to become something like seasonal influenza when it come, when it you know it'll come around the globe every season oh golly we don't know yet and hopefully when we do develop uh, vaccinations it confers a longer term of immunity than our bodies normally would Mm. and so time will tell nothing would oh good heavens Okay. <laughs> already, while we've been talking, uh, various Kumu listeners have been posing questions already. So okay. we're going to get to some of those in a little bit. I think you wanted to take a break for a yes. minute. Uh, yes. And then uh, we will come back with Dr. Dara O'Carroll and uh, more Kumu Kukua. Rise and Drive with 94.7 Kumu. 94.7 Kumu supports all local businesses as it's vital to keep our listeners informed. If your business is open and providing special services at this time, please reach out to us. Email contact at kumu.com. Brought to you by Bank of Hawaii and Hardware Hawaii. Allen's Plumbing understands these are stressful times created by the COVID-19 virus. Keeping your toilets flushing, maintaining water to your house, and hot water for your hygiene is an essential service requirement. During this time, Allen's Plumbing is waiving their regular daytime service fees. Allen's Plumbing is committed to aiding our community with their plumbing services. Allen's Plumbing is here to help you get through these stressful times together. Call Allen's Plumbing at 599-5511 or reach Allen's Plumbing online. Allen's Plumbing has been here since 1983 to protect your health and welfare. Allen's Plumbing, a company you can trust. For more than 80 years, Nissan has been with you through thick and thin, and now is no different. To help in these uncertain times, we're offering flexible or deferred payments on select models for current and future NMAC customers, and special savings across our lineup. This is help when you need it. For more information on payment and financing options, visit NissanUSA.com today. For well-qualified buyers, terms and conditions apply. Dealer participation may vary. Offer ends 5420. Aloha, I'm Dr. Timothy Rowe, President and CEO of Rehab Hospital of the Pacific. On behalf of our Rehab Ohana, mahalo to everyone for being diligent and following the guidelines of our federal and state officials to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Members of our rehab team stand ready to support our network of healthcare colleagues in collaboration with the Healthcare Association of Hawaii and our government leaders. A special mahalo to our rehab team and to all those serving on the front lines to safeguard the health and safety of our island community. Aloha. Don't infect. Wash your hands. To stop the spread of infectious diseases, we all need to do our part. Wash your hands after coughing or sneezing, using the bathroom, and before and after preparing or eating food. Wash your hands for at least 20 seconds with soap and water. If you don't have soap and water available, use an alcohol-based sanitizer. Washing your hands gets rid of germs and helps prevent them from spreading. Do your part. Wash your hands thoroughly and often. Paid for by the Hawaii Department of Health. Here by the Hawaii Association of Broadcasters and this station. 94.7 Kumu. Getting in there quickly and safely with this traffic update. No accidents, but there is one new stall. It's on the H1 townbound near the Waiava Road overpass. Not causing a backup, though. In fact, the freeway traffic from the west side is moving great all the way in. Uh, and even with all the lightning this morning, there haven't been too many power outages until now. Hiko's reporting a big one on the east side, primarily affecting customers in the Kahala, Ainakoa, Ainahaina area. Some traffic lights may be out. Use caution. 94.7 Kumu Kokua. Because 
Kumu cares. Eight fifteen, rise and no drive. It's Devin and Desmi, and we have uh, Doctor Dara O'Connor here with no. us. Oh, Carol. Oh, Carol. Oh, Carol. Sorry. Yes. I knew it's it's like the, I put the Chang old part. Right? Yeah. Close. I, no, it's, <laughs> it's close unless it's actually your name, and then it's not close at all. So sorry about that. Because okay. we just talked to a guy named Nikota, okay. and we always get confused for each His other. His last so, name is Nikoba. Oh, yeah. so, it's so Nikoba and Nikota. So yeah, the oh, Carol. Uh, yeah. Right. So sorry about when that. When this is all done, you can buy me a drink for that. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Anyway. So uh, Dr. O'Carroll is here with us and uh, talking about, you know, like medical issues related to COVID-19. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, especially since you've been in the mayor's news conferences regarding masks, to talk a little bit about proper use of masks. Because mm-hmm. I've heard you do some commentary uh, in the news conferences about, uh, I, I, I guess, maybe help people understand some common mistakes that people do sure. uh, when they're using masks masks and yeah. then how to disinfect them and or like some guidelines on when you can reuse them or not reuse you shouldn't reuse them or I don't know there's a lot of confusion there a lot. out there because yeah. a lot of people are making masks yeah there's that really, too. My, my wife is one of them mm-hmm. Good. I mean they're just yeah. making tons of them mm-hmm. yeah. and you go mm-hmm. wow that's so cool but yeah. then I'm like what do we do why yeah, should yeah. we not water how do we do this right, right. help yeah okay. and, and a lot of this information if it goes by quickly can be found at everyonehawaii.com and the one uh there's the O in everyone is with the number one, and uh, hopefully we can post that a little bit later okay. so people okay. can find it. But yeah, so do-it-yourself masks are completely adequate um, if you are not feeling sick and if you're not in the uh, frontline uh, medical care or uh, a frontline worker. In that, um, the most important thing is that they be comfortable. You know, you don't want to if you don't have something that's comfortable, you're not going to wear it. And two hopefully have at least two layers so it can help uh, stop any spray or any respiratory droplets that are coming mm. out of your mouth as you could be asymptomatic, as we mentioned earlier. And then two, cover your nose and then also your chin and fit to the sides of your face um, to stop any sort of flow. And also, uh, don't res- as long as it doesn't restrict your breathing as well, because mm. there's a lot of people out there who, who need to be wearing them who have either COPD or asthma mm. and, you know, mm-hmm. that's really going to hamper you as well. Mm-hmm. I don't- I- I have to say, I've been trying to, you know, so in my neighborhood, there are a lot of people who are walking for exercise or running. And so I'm trying to wear my mask, as as mm-hmm. are a lot of people. It is hard to wear one when you're running. It is. Because you're trying to get oxygen. I'm like, yeah. I run a little bit, then I have to take it off for a second when I'm out of the way of yeah. other people. It's like, <gasps> yeah. and come back on. But you're saying it is important. I, You know, I, and can you clarify this too? I don't know if you do. Uh, much uh, in the way of running yourself. Um, there was a, a doctor in Alaska who did a video about how when you exercise, the plume of breath and vapor around you that you are expelling is bigger than the six feet that we're talking about generally mm-hmm. for social distancing. Sure. She was recommending 20 feet when you're exercising. Yeah. Do you agree? There was a great Danish study that was done recently that kind of uh, visualizes that plume that you were just mm-hmm. speaking about. And mm-hmm. they recommend 10 meters, which is 30 feet. Um, but that was wow. That was during fast biking because the Danish love to ice skate and bike. Oh, because oh. <laughs> oh, um, you're expelling quite a bit more when you're exerting yourself. Yes, right? and yeah. biking, you're going really fast, yeah. so that plume yeah. just like explodes. And all of that air is coming from the deep, deep airways of your lungs, and so it's collecting everything. When you're just having conversation like you and I are having now, it's mm-hmm. more of a shallow breath, and it's not being expelled. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yes, as best as possible, you know, run in an area where, one, it's safe for you to run, but two, where there's less people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then cleaning... I just don't run. <laughs> or just don't run. <laughs> I'm just like... 
That's yeah. not okay. Not a solution, guys. I'm not a solution. Yeah, I'm just going to walk. I'm going to walk. I'm good. Yeah. And then uh, cleaning your do-it-yourself masks, you want to do it because they're cloth and they be- can become reservoirs for not only the virus, which can live up to on cardboard up to a day, but on um, steel and uh, plastic up to three days. So it can become a reservoir for that, but also fungi and bacteria, if you already have health issues, can become a further health issue Mm. for you. You want to have three to four of these that you can cycle throughout your um, armamentarium. You can make them fashion-y if you want, if you're into that, and different colors for different moods. But but, um, you want to have a couple of them you can rotate because you want to only use them uh, once per day or have one day where you use it, if that makes sense. And, And you can clean it in several ways. Um, definitely uh, using lots of soap. Uh, if you have a washer and dryer, that's the best way. Soap um, and detergent plus high heat, 160 uh, Fahrenheit, ideally is going to kill any virus that's okay. on there. Mm-hmm. And the coronavirus lives in this kind of uh, fatty lipid bilayer that really ex- soap just explodes it, for oh. lack of a better word. And so um, if you don't have a washer or dryer, just using a lot of soap and hanging it up to dry. And then UV light actually kills the virus as well. So if mm. you're hanging it up to dry out in the sun or on a windowsill, that's going to help to, to kill Very it. Very nice. How long do you have to keep it out like that? Until it's dry, I would. Um, I'm not sure. Depending on your material, and this is probably going a little bit over my pay grade because I'm not, not a textile expert, <laughs> um, is, it's, it's going to vary. Mm. Okay. Yeah. okay. 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 I have to confess, I have done weird things like when I've been desperate and I don't have another mask to switch to, um, but I feel like I've worn it too long. I have sprayed it with alcohol. <laughs> yeah. like, I, yeah. mean, I figure it's better than nothing. It is better than nothing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I've been uh, putting my masks on my dashboard. Yeah, I've been yeah. doing that too. Because so yes. I heard sun. you say the UV light thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. at the hospital, we're using UV light. Um, um, you can buy some things still on Amazon, the phone soap thing. I don't know. If Which is a UV light thing, UV right? Light, yeah. yeah, you can mm-hmm. stick a mask in there mm-hmm. if, oh, if needed. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I have thought about that. Yeah. Interesting. So, so those would be the main ways that I, I would recommend doing the um, do-it-yourself mask. And then the advantage that a do-it-yourself mask has over a surgical mask like I'm wearing now, if you guys are following on Facebook Live, is that it doesn't um, lose elasticity in the ears. And mostly in yeah. the ears mm-hmm. is where it, where it goes away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you're, then you're constantly readjusting, and that's exactly what you don't want to do. You want to put the mask on and leave it. Yeah. Because you know? your hands touching the mask contaminates yeah. it, right? Yeah, yeah the most your hands vul- are the most contaminated part of your body. <laughs> yes, terrible. yes, in this Pretty case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope mm-hmm. there's going to be a day we, when we can go back to the handshake, but there might mm-hmm. not be for a while. Um, but then you also, the mask is right in the T-zone, which is uh, anatomically the corners of your eyes and then down from the top of your brid, uh, uh, your nose to your mm-hmm. chin. Mm-hmm. And that's just where all your you know, mucous membranes are. Right. It's a medical term for just your eyelids, your mouth, your nose, your nares, where this virus is either being expelled by you mm-hmm. or if you have it on your hand, can enter your body the easiest. Ah, so isn't there, there's, I, I read somewhere that there's actually like a technique and being that you are a doctor, I don't know if you're able to, well, I don't know if you want to take off the mask or sure. not, but there's a technique, right, to taking it off and putting it on where you don't, you're supposed to be careful to not touch the inside of the mask, I yes. guess? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. you want to think of like holding it like uh, you were holding a, a bowl. And so put place it in your hand and then with your hand, mm-hmm. place it up to your mouth and then use your your other hand to... And if we're talking about N95s, it's a little bit different. Um, that's what I'm usually trained to use. But mm-hmm. with, with surgical masks, 
you just use your hand and place it up to your mouth and then use your second hand to place the mm. ear loops. Or if you find it easier, just put it up onto your nose and use that like kind of metal elastic mm -hmm. elastane to uh, on the bridge of your nose and then the two loops just over your ears and just do one motion. It's basically, mm -hmm. you know, everyone's going to be a little bit different, but one simple motion that you don't have to readjust mm. is the best method. And then don't touch it again. Yes. Don't yeah. touch it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then related to that, then I have a question. So surgical masks which are the like the gauzy ones that are kind of like accordion i guess accordionated across yeah they have pleats yeah they have yeah. pleats should those because there are a very limited number of of those masks out and i know technically that people are supposed to reserve those for healthcare workers but there are a lot of people around town who are wearing those mm -hmm. are those recycle like reusable at all or are you not doing yourself sure. any good if you rewear them again in general we say you can use those for in total about eight for eight to 12 hours and okay. the limiting factor is again the elasticity of the ear loops oh, okay because eventually they're going to degrade and it's going to start falling beneath your nose at around eight to 12 hours so if you think if you go out to you know a grocery run that's about an hour hour and a half mm -hmm. give or take and so you can reuse that mask uh, a couple times and um you can sterilize these mostly um by putting them in a bag away from you and okay. after three days any virus so it lives the longest on plastic and, and steel and mm -hmm. these are more i would think be more akin to cardboard which mm -hmm. is a 24-hour life cycle for the virus um after three days should be safe enough that you could reuse it again or um what i've been doing again is putting it on my dashboard or on, on the windowsill yeah get that and, uv light yeah mm -hmm. uv light and again mm -hmm. these aren't exact um i wish we had studies for this but you know we're in a we're in a place where you know, we have limited resources, both testing and personal pr protective equipment. This is what we're doing here in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wish I had concrete evidence for all of you to, to do this, but this is the best methods we have yeah. at the moment. Mm. We're all it's, it's so new. Yeah. So everybody's trying to devise methods for that. Yeah. Now, yeah. The other thing to keep in mind for people is that the mask that you're wearing is not to necessarily protect you from other people, although that helps. Mm -hmm. The main thing is to keep you if you are because this thing is asymptomatic sure. to keep you from shedding onto other people precisely which is right. why when you're out and about at a at a supermarket and mm -hmm. you see people who aren't wearing masks it's very panic inducing because yeah. i'm not worried about me i've i mean i've been fine i've been quarantined or whatever sure. and i have a mask on but if i'm walking around and there's people just like hi <laughs> yeah. like, whoa yeah. right mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah, and it's important to note that maybe they just haven't heard the information or they don't know or even they can't afford, you know, a mask. Mm, and mm. so um, if, if anybody's out there, there's a group or organization that can't afford masks, everyonehawaii.com, uh, on the front page, on the top, you'll see there's an area where you can um, sign up for getting masks donated to your organization. And so I highly encourage people to do that. It's called, tell me again, it's everyone. Everyone. One.com. Everyonehawaii.com. Everyonehawaii.com. Yeah. And the one, okay. the O-N-E, is a number one N-E. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just to yeah. make it more confusing yeah. for people. Yeah. Sorry. But but um, we do have uh, a supply of masks, surgical masks, to be donated to, you know, um, elderly care centers, uh, people on the front lines, people who can't afford masks, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll uh, 
do our best to get those to you as, as fast as possible. That's awesome. 94.7 Kumu Kokua, because Kumu cares. We've got with us Dr. Dara O'Carroll. Yes, from uh, Kokini Medical Center. Thank you so us. much. Thank you very much yeah. for being with us. You're hey, welcome. Can you t- uh, take a moment and talk about uh, uh, what the outlook is for vaccines and uh, supposed uh, cures or treatments for COVID-19? Because uh, there's so much being said now about uh, hydroxychloroquine sure. and uh, and how soon we're going or how long it's going to take for us to have vaccines. Sure. Do you have any, you got any intel on that? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot. Uh, I guess there's three categories. There's the repurposing of existing medications that we can use to fight COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Then there's something called monoclonal antibodies, where basically it's an artificial antibody that you take an IV infusion and, and that should convey some protection. And then there's the vaccination, which is kind of the holy grail in something like this. Mm-hmm. So rewinding back to the repurposing of drugs, um, hydroxychloroquine being the most spoken about um, and touted by our, 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 our President Trump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the studies have been very, very inconclusive. And okay. um, as much as we'd like medicine to be an exact science, it's really a science of probabilities because nothing is ever like a math equation where it's, all right, this is right or this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Our, the best test we have in medicine is the pregnancy test being that's the most accurate and is the least thank thankfully right you don't want you don't want that you don't want that to be <laughs> that's a not one of those you want to leave up the chance no, yeah. no. you don't want that to yeah. fail you but that's the best test we have with regards to accuracy and mm-hmm. so um with hydroxychloroquine the study is actually that most people are citing out of france is, was a very very weak study and you've got different tiers of evidence you've got the the most robust evidence is the randomized control trial mm-hmm. or double blind where Say you guys are two physicians that are administering these drugs. You don't even know what the drug is because there's something. Or even if you have it. Or even if you have Mm -hmm. it. It could be a Mm -hmm. sugar pill. It could be a Mm -hmm. placebo. It Mm -hmm. could be hydroxychloroquine. That wasn't done in this study. So that's automatically presuming a bias Mm -hmm. in a lot of people. And when they think that they're getting the medication or they know they're getting the medication, that can alter both the physician's perspective and also the patient's perspective. Mm -hmm. Number two, it was a very, very small study. There was only 26 people in the treatment arm, which I don't know how you really convey any accurate information when it was just only 26 people. Most of our studies are at minimum in the, you know, that our, our drug studies that are adequate are in the, you know, at least five to 600, but more like in the thousands. Mm. So it's really hard to engender enough power behind that scientific evidence to convince you of anything. And those are the ones that pass the drugs where they go, and by the way, you could have runny stool and you could yeah. have coughing mm-hmm. and you could die from this sure. medicine. Those are tested like like you were saying, like thousands of people. And even sure. those get out and there's problems. Yep. So to put all your faith into something that was tested yeah. on 26 people yeah. sounds crazy. And then out of those 26, six of them dropped out of the treatment arm, meaning three of them got so bad they went to the ICU. One of them um, couldn't tolerate it. Likely they started having heart arrhythmias, and that's one of the most frequent complications of hydroxychloroquine. Um, And then um, uh, one just lost the follow-up. We don't know what happened to them. So it's very hard to base any information off of those. There's other studies that have come out and some prelim results that are just as inconclusive. Okay. Mm. So, so what you're saying and boiling it down to, to where our listeners are, basically, if, if you out there are going, 
I gotta get this drug so that I can take lots of it and and yeah. protect myself. That's that's not something that's recommended. No, at no. all. It's yeah. it, if if anything, like I wouldn't even recommend it to my family. If that makes mm. anybody feel any better, mm. it maybe if they're so sick that they're on already on a ventilator and they're not going the right direction, this might. We've got nothing else to give, mm-hmm. unfortunately, at this time. Mm-hmm. So it's maybe a hail, Mary a hail pass, basically. E- exactly, a hail yeah. mary. And how many times does a hail mary work? Mm. And did it work because a butterfly, you know, flipped in India and sent a, a <laughs> right. you know a wind that ch- channeled a football to somewhere else? Who right. knows? But but if exactly, it's a hail mary. And then there's there's other ones which are showing a little bit more promise, which is uh, remdesivir. It's a Ebola drug that is proven to not be very effective for Ebola. And they're currently studying is a 10-day course versus a five-day course going to be efficacious. Mm. And obviously, we'd hope that the five-day course would be just as efficacious as the 10 because that means we wouldn't have to manufacture as much and uh, could go around a lot more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another drug that's uh, an anti-interleukin-6. Sorry to interject some medical jargon there. But basically, <laughs> an, in- an interleukin is a chemical messenger, an inflammatory messenger. And if you, there's theories that if you cut off that specific interleukin-6, that uh, it'll help that bad inflammation that's happening in your lungs and the rest mm. of your body. Mm-hmm. So they're studying that one. Um, and there's a few others. Um, there's a Japanese uh, um, antiviral medication that they were using for the flu, which is they're looking at as well. And I think Shinzo Abe has been kind of doing the same thing Trump has been doing, like mm. releasing the cat out of the bag before like the medical community is really willing to accept it. Mm. But I get it. We all We all need hope. We all need things to look for. And so probably moving on to our second category of the monoclonal clonal antibody. Basically, um, it's uh, a group out of San Francisco, um, Distributed Bio, who was featured in uh, the Netflix documentary, uh, Pandemic, How to Prevent an Outbreak, mm, mm-hmm. uh, which I did a little bit of work on as a medical consultant, but they've shifted their work from flu to this. And what a monoclonal antibody is, is basically it's a uh, artificially engineered um, antibody which it can attach to the virus. Whoa. And if you were if you were injected with this, it could convey up to eight to twelve weeks of passive immunity. And so it'd be used for one, the sickest people, and two, probably the frontline medical workers. They're they're work they're making it in conjunction with the the military. So I'm sure the military is going to want it as well. Um, but those would that's probably a couple months away. Okay. They're, they're saying, and it's already shown to being, at least computational-wise, and in the laboratory, in the test tube, to be attaching to the virus and isolating it. So that's a good sign. Okay. And but, then, but the, that distribution of something like that would be very controlled, and for the frontline it, workers and yes. the really, really sick. Yeah, okay. and for those who are like, you know, unfortunately sick enough to be on a, mm-hmm. a ventilator and okay. really, really okay. need it. The reason I wanted to just interject and clarify that is that so over the past day or so, we've been talking with the Office of Consumer Protection, and they've been talking about how people are getting scammed because uh, scammers are telling them, "Oh, I've got this miracle drug that if you take it or something, you know, pay me this money, I'll give you the miracle drug, you'll mm-hmm. be protected." And what uh, it, for? I'm just translating for our listeners but please correct me if i'm wrong but what our doctor is saying here is that don't be duped and you know think that oh that you know some kind of drug protective drug is widely available it is sure. not is what yeah. you're saying yeah, yeah. no it, mm-hmm. it definitely isn't they've even tested vitamin c a lot of people have asked me about like what supplements should mm-hmm. we take and in china they gave high dose vitamin c through the vein iv form three grams every um every eight hours or something of that nature and it proved to be not helpful at all oh so, okay so continue to take your supplements just like you regularly do 
but chowing down on your vitamin C can cause problems in itself and just cause cause really uh, expensive shishi, you know? That's the only, <laughs> that's the, that's <laughs> what my doctor said too. He was like, yeah, multivitamins, yeah, yeah. It's just expensive yeah. shishi. Yeah. Which actually, um, it, 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 when we cut, when you're uh, done talking about various um, uh, medications and treatments that uh, a couple of our listeners have asked about the about immune boosters and things sure. like that, which we'll we'll come back to sure. in a moment. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then our last court category is the vaccinations, and mm-hmm. um, you know we've already people we skipped the animal stage. A lot of these uh, companies have, which is imagine being that first human to get injected with something yeah. that like this has never I been injected to anything before. Seattle, that one guy in Seattle is like, I'll yeah. take it, and I went, oh, yeah. okay, yeah. So. So we're moving as fast as humanly possible, but um, to put it lightly, there's a type of coronavirus that infects cats, and that's maybe why this, you know, you heard the story about the tiger getting infected. Mm -hmm. So coronaviruses Mm -hmm. flip-flop or uh, have zoonosis, which basically is a virus that can uh, jump from species to species, which this did from bats. We're we're almost 100% certain bats to maybe that little aardvark animal, I'm blanking on the name, the peng- pangolin, to us. Hmm. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, sorry to digress, but, so they tried to make a vaccination for this coronavirus that um, affects cats, and it actually made this disease in cats worse Oy. when they got the vaccination. Oh, and wow. To put it, to illustrate it simply is the, the antibodies attached, or the, the vaccination caused antibodies to attach to the virus, but not enough that it kind of guided it to your white blood cells, which are your, and then Man. just then just let it do its job, you know, instead of like made cor- it more effective, made it more effective, Eesh. and so that's what we want to make sure is not happening, and then also we want to make sure that this vaccination conveys, as we said earlier, a long-term immunity rather than the couple years that most coronaviruses. Uh, um, our, our, our body responds to. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so um, there is hope. People are moving really quickly. There's a lot of different companies that are working towards them. So uh, we just, we don't have, bottom line is we don't have adequate therapeutics. And the only means we have of preventing this spread is the social distancing measure, measures that we, we have at our disposal. Mm. I think that's why people are having such a hard time with it. And the medical community is so concerned because unlike the flu, we don't have a vaccination. Unlike chicken pox we don't have a vaccination Mm -hmm. that's not 12 to 18 months that's 12 to 18 months away so to think that you're going to be exposed to this thing you're going to catch it and then you're good is not is really faulty thinking and the fact that you think the medical community is going to be swooping in to help you Mm. there's only so much you guys can do and and a lot of it is it seems to me is more uh taking trying to take care of the symptoms as opposed to trying to find the underlying cure and you guys are racing to do that but at the same time all these people are getting sick yeah so it's like just just stay away from everybody yeah (laughs) like stay well and then we you guys can sort out kind of who is where i think that's where they were having such a problem in new york because people kept getting sick yeah right and then they couldn't figure out how to narrow it down yeah and and we thank you uh, from the medical lines we thank all of you for for doing all uh, this hard work and you know everybody's lonely and tired and, and, our, and we're poor. so we're and poor <laughs> yeah. we're, we're social yeah. beings and mm-hmm. we need to be out there and that's what thri- you know makes us thrive and uh, it's buying us on the medical front lines time to mm-hmm. to find cures mm-hmm. and therapeutics so we thank everybody for doing that 
94.7 Kumu Kokua, because Kumu cares. We're here with uh, Dr. Dara O'Carroll, and he's talking story with us about uh, COVID-19. Um, one real quick thing I wanted to get to, um, Chris Cuomo, who contracted COVID-19, mm-hmm. I have been watching his updates Yeah. Like religiously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that there's some uh, medical value to that? Because I know uh, he speaks to Dr. Gupta mm. all the time to sort of mm-hmm. give him. A, and Dr. Gupta's just like, "What's happening now? Yeah. What are you going to?" Well, because yeah. he's got a lab specimen <laughs> right yeah. there exactly. at his fingertips. Yeah, it's, just, it's fascinating <laughs> to watch. And he's—I yeah. mean—he's been going through it and yeah. and 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 sort of tracking everything. And it hasn't it's been, been mild either. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the latest on him? Because I know that he was he had a not a severe chest x-ray, but a decent one. Like decent yeah, he had the one. pneumonia stuff. Yeah. Um, the latest one that he got, he says he can't kick the fever. He yeah. says the, the low-grade fever around about 9,900. Which sure. he said, and, and, just, he runs, and he normally runs lower. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of a yeah. high fever for yeah. him. But he says it's, it's, it's getting yeah. him down because he just can't yeah. figure out how to get rid of it. It, it. It's a testament to why this virus has, has spread as well is that, um, you know, there's four different factors that go into um, the number R naught. And I'll get a little bit scientific here for a second. Um, forgive me if I lose you. But, it's okay. But, no, um, you're fine. But I, I think it's fairly um, uh, simple to understand that R naught is R with the zero behind it is the number, average number of people that you can spread this virus to. And, um, there's four different factors. There's duration, there's opportunity, there's um, transmission, transmissibility, and then there's susceptibility. And going back to duration, that this virus lasts a lot longer than the flu. Like the flu is normally a five to seven day, and you you know you get your butt kicked for those first couple of days, but you gradually get better, right? This one is lasting, you know, on average for the mild symptoms, ten days. And so that's what Chris Cuomo is going through for the people who get really ill. Um, it's up to eight weeks, you know. Wow. Eight weeks. Mm-hmm. I, I've also Whoa. heard um, what's happening to uh, with younger folks is I can't remember the word that they used for it, but they've been getting symptoms. Uh, they get sick. They start to get better, and then it does this weird boomerang where <clears throat> they get really, really sick, r- like yeah. much sicker. Sure. Very quick, and then they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. On average, if you are going to become very ill, it's usually around day seven to ten. Right. That you start feeling, and um, and what most people feel is extreme fatigue and shortness of breath. Mm-hmm. And those are two signs that if you're ever, you know, if you do catch this um, this illness, mm-hmm. most eighty and, and not trying to sound too dramatic, but eighty one percent of people are going to just have mild symptoms, which is the vast majority of people out there. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Uh, We've got Tom Hanks and Daniel Day Kim who've who've recovered and done well and said, hey, look, it's not a death sentence. And it's not. But for a large proportion of people uh, who already have pre-existing health factors, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, Mm -hmm. lung issues, Mm -hmm. it is something to worry about. And normally it's day seven or ten where they start feeling those symptoms on average. And, you know, everything, if you look at a bell curve. There's always people all the way on the beginning of the bell curve and all the way on the end of the bell curve. But on average, it's day 7 to 10. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Wow. Yeah. 
Uh, do we have any questions? We, we do have a ton of yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Sorry, so, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I, I am getting uh, uh, questions from our listeners on our various channels, not only on our Kumu Facebook, but also our Instagram as well. So uh, let me pose a couple of the questions. Um, somebody, actually, you were just talking about what to do if you feel symptoms. And mm-hmm. um, uh, one of our listeners, Ella, is asking, so if you do feel symptoms, you shouldn't go into the ER? You shouldn't call 911? What What should you do? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would encourage people to use their medical uh, care remotely, if at all possible, first, if they have any questions. And again, whatever I say to you here now today is not specific to your situation, Ella. I apologize. Um, I can't give you specific information. But in general, if you're just having mild symptoms, cough, fever, feeling a little bit, quote unquote, fluish, mm-hmm. um, best thing for you to do is put a mask on and isolate yourself. Okay. You know, um, be in a room by yourself. Try and get food dropped to you outside the room. Wash your hands. Um, those sort of things. But the time to pull the trigger to obtaining care, and you should always call your doctor. There's a lot of telemedicine that's going on now, which is great, where you can FaceTime um, and be face-to-face with the doctor, but not being in the same room. Um, use that first. But you don't want to head into the ER um, if at all, if you can avoid it, because it's kind of like running into a burning building. We're seeing this. We're somebody who just sat in the chair that you just sat in had this. And if you have one of the other viruses that are going around, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it could be, there's still colds going around. We're still at the very tail end of flu season. There could be another reason why you're having a fever. It could be another reason why you're having these symptoms. If, if you didn't have it, then you could pick it up and then bring it back then to now your now you have it <laughs> so i'm not saying oh, i'm not saying don't ever call 911 i'm not saying that at all but i would say be judicious in, in your um i would pull the trigger only if you really feel like you need emergency care okay. and you need to be admitted to the hospital okay okay thank you thank you yeah. for that response um another one of our kuma listeners kiona is asking about immune boosters like elderberry syrup and things like that uh and so he's asking do immune boosters like elderberry help also zinc and uh, zycam products which i might add uh the last time i was in um uh, don quixote mm. the entire section of gone. zycam and all the sort of like preventive cold medicines were just cleared out people sure. are trying to do some kind of preventive action is that money wasted I think it's uh, on the same lines as a expensive shishi. Um, <laughs> you just, if it makes you feel better, do it. But there's always consequences to everything you take. The Zycam can dry out your mucous membranes, which can cause a little bit of bleeding, which can cause you to, um, if you're around the virus, which can cause you to uh, probably contract it a little bit easier. So uh. that's if you're using it all the time. Mm. Um, awesome. But, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, not awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sarcastically so, meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, would, uh, um, I would just be, you know, there's some studies that have been going on. on is zinc, does zinc help the, uh, decrease the shedding of this virus as well? And there's nothing conclusive. And so mm-hmm. if it makes you feel better, go ahead and do it. But I can't medically recommend that any, any of these, as we said earlier, we have no therapeutics. We have no preventative measures that are proven at this time. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Now okay. for you being an emergency technician or emergency doctor, so what are you seeing on the front lines? Just well, curious. Um, we are not seeing nearly the type of wave that the rest of the country is Especially seeing. Especially not in least. New York. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, which is great. Um, and so uh, we are seeing the illness daily though. We are seeing people who come in with influenza-like illnesses, um, cough, fever, 
who test negative for the flu. And so by deduction and reasoning, this, you know, for all intents and purposes is coronavirus. Mm. And so we are seeing it daily. Um, you know, we're just very careful to wear our masks and wash our hands and, and um, um, be careful around our, our patients and, you know, try and comfort them and give them the best care and instructions possible. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, okay. I've also okay. had friends say, oh, I had it in like December. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know. Yeah. That seems to be floating around the yeah. internet my si- as well. My sister has actually said this. Yeah. One of my sisters. Yeah. Is that possible even? Uh, I don't think so. Not here in Hawaii. Um, there's oh, been no, no. My, I'm sorry. My sister is on the, the, it's on the East Coast. Yeah. On the East yeah. Coast? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, where, they're, where they're partying in the street. Yes. <laughs> in Florida. So <laughs> They're still doing spring break. Right? Yeah. Yes. There's, there's a possibility. Still in, in April. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, you know, time will tell. And through the... Um, genetic studying of this this um, virus and and that's probably another question a lot of people have is this virus mutating mm-hmm. yes it is uh, it's an RNA virus that's very bad at replicating itself so we can kind of track the mistakes that it uses it, that it makes as in replicating itself by looking at the genetic code so there's different I guess you can call them strains but does it make it a different virus um, no the proteins and the DNA is still acting the same way. So it's not mutating enough to make it a different virus, mm. but we're watching it. So, okay. but the one way to see how it travels throughout the globe is tracking those mutations because okay. the same mutation that happened in Italy made its way to New York. So we can tell that most of the coronavirus that is now in New York came from Italy. Okay. okay. Oh, interesting. Um, so time will tell. Um, if you had a virus, virus and, um, fever type symptoms in December, it's a good chance it was the flu because that was beginning of flu season and also yeah. cough and cold season where other benign types of coronaviruses, rhinoviruses, um, a whole host of other viruses uh, travel around that time. Okay. okay. So spooky yeah. to just go out in public. I know. <laughs> so I may never go there's again. There's so many diseases and viruses that <laughs> are out there, all these folks. But I can't wait to hug people. We're yeah. gonna, I know. It's going yeah, to happen at some point. Not yeah, guys. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and the local we'll Sahoni, right? Yeah, yes. just like kiss each other yeah. on the cheek. Yeah. Um, since we're on the topic, we're uh, talking earlier about the prevention thing. So Roberta, another one of our Kumu listeners, is asking about, are there things that you do recommend as a doctor to strengthen yourself, your 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 immunity, um, perhaps stopping mm-hmm. smoking or exercising, or do any of these things uh, make a difference in helping you to uh, fight sure. a virus? Uh, should you catch it? Extremely, extremely good question. Yeah. I'm very happy you asked that. Mm-hmm. And that um, one, uh, we'll start with the smoking. Yes, uh, cutting out all your virus vices or cutting down on them is definitely a great idea. As this virus does enter your body through. Um, through your lungs. Mm. So if you can cut down smoking or cut it out completely, now's a really, really good time to do it. Also limit your drinking. Um, I know it's, it's, uh, harder out there when you don't have as much to do. Um, and, <laughs> and the kitchen cabinet's only a arm length away, Yeah, but try and limit that as well as, you know, um, does that actually affect your ability to fight a virus? You feel alcohol causes the metabolism of alcohol causes inflammation. And that's part of what causes a hangover. And mm-hmm. so, um, more inflammation is generally a bad thing. Ah, uh. Okay. With regards to exercise, exercise is good in two senses in that we're all feeling more anxious. We're feeling a little bit zany and that we're not able to do the normal things that we can do. So exercise helps increase endorphins and mm-hmm. decrease anxiety. And in mental health purposes is a great, great thing, especially now. Um, but one note on exercise is that there's something called the immune window when you do heavy, heavy exercise. 
and so that's when if you think if you've ever done something really really strenuous say you're like doing squats or something mm -hmm. or lunges and your quads just feel like they're going to explode it's probably because they're about to explode <laughs> <laughs> really your body is uh, for lack of a better word your body is starting to exude all these anti-inflammatory um hormones or cytokines mm -hmm. that's telling your muscles to be like all right chill out don't worry we're going to end at some point and then once you're done we're going to soothe you out and with these anti-inflammatory kind of bathe bathing hormones mm -hmm. but when you stop exercising when you're done those hormones now leave your quads and then uh, kind of circulate out through your whole body so mm -hmm. there's this 24 hour after very strenuous exercise mm -hmm. of like this quiescent immune window they call it and so i've been telling people yes exercise is important but don't do like high intensity um kicking your butt stuff uh, which i still see a lot of people doing but i'm not going to stop them and be like hey you should not go so hard. Take it easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay. I would say like if you're doing, if you're, you know, have a Fitbit or a heart rate monitor somewhere around like 80% um, of your max heart rate. Easy okay. way to calculate that is 220 minus your age is your max heart rate. Mm -hmm. And then do 80% of that. So that's one note on exercise. And then um, I've actually tried to uh, incorporate meditation a little bit more into my daily mm. routine just because that's been shown to decrease the stress hormone cortisol. And we do know that when you have increased levels of stress, increased levels of cortisol, your immune system gets damaged. Mm. So to summarize, uh, quit your vices. Don't exercise too hard, but still exercise. And if you can, meditate. There's a lot of free um, courses out there. Calm uh, is one app. Uh, Headspace is another app. I have no um, financial uh, gain <laughs> in any of those. <laughs> I use Headspace. I like Andy's calming British voice, but, yeah. you know. Okay, okay, okay. That See, is important. When you mentioned, when you mentioned zytokine, zytokine? Cytokine? Uh, cytokine. Cytokine. cytokine yeah. They call it a cytokine storm? Yes. Yeah, so that's right? how a lot of people, um, basically it's just these a lot of um, chemical messengers that are causing a ton of inflammation, specifically in your lungs, and it's just filling your lungs up with fluid, and your lungs don't like to have fluid in them because you can't transfer the oxygen and carbon dioxide that you need to. 94.7 Kumu Kokua because Kumu cares. Okay, we're back. Uh, we hope you don't mind. It's uh, 9 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, we got uh, Dr. Dara O'Carroll mm -hmm. here with us. Uh, and man... All right, so shoot, let's yes. go because I, I don't I, I don't know how long we've got him. So <laughs> absolutely, we wanted to uh, uh, as a last thing uh, tackle the issue of how people can get masks because this is as we mentioned earlier in this conversation for some people it is an economic issue. It is hard to get their hands on certainly on purchased masks mm -hmm. like ready-made masks. Um, even to be able to get the materials to make your own sometimes can be a little bit difficult. And uh, actually, one of our Kumu listeners, uh, Ilse, she posted in. Manalo, no one is distancing or wearing masks, and uh, she's wondering what to do about that, actually. So, do you have yeah. any guidance there? Uh, yes, yeah, there's a, um, a great nonprofit organization by the name of everyonehawaii.com, and uh, how you spell that is the word everyone, and then just replace the zero, or the, excuse me, the O with a one. <laughs> so, it's actually everyone, N-E, yeah, like hawaii.com okay and okay. they've got they've got a surplus of masks that um we're ready uh to distribute to uh, any organization or person in need and so you just go to that website click on um i think it's needing the need mask button um and fill out that form and somebody will get back to you as, as soon as they can about getting um 
surgical masks, disposable surgical masks. Oh, okay, you. okay. And I, I'm fascinated by this because it's uh, on the front of the uh, website. It says, our mission, masks for all Hawaii. Mm-hmm. If you or your ohana cannot afford, make, or access masks, please fill out our request form here. Yep. Simple as that. Yep, yep. And so it'll just ask for your name and phone number and address and... Um, and uh, we'll go from there. Okay. Yeah, cause I can see people getting so desperate, man. I've I've seen people with uh, the the eye mask, yeah, on their face, <laughs> and you go, I don't think that's. I mean, I guess it's better than nothing. Again, it, it would but, be. Yeah, yeah. Or the the and women's it's cloth, the women's sanitary pad as well. <laughs> <laughs> seen that. Well, that one's got, and that one that one sticks, so you yes. can just put yeah, put yeah. it on your. Yeah, you might so. not be able to breathe with that one. Yeah, yeah, well, it's a little harder to breathe. Yeah, yeah you probably don't want to exercise with that one. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> so, uh, was there was there anything, uh, Doctor Carroll, that you wanted to mention to people, uh, just kind of in closing? Um, you no, know, I just my heart goes out to everyone who's been affected by this, both you know either medically or economically, and we're all feeling feeling the same way. And that, um, you know, I, I just like to relay something that was taught to me uh, by the Polynesian Voyaging Society, and that is the Olelo no Yao of. Um, Heva'a Himoku, Himoku Heva'a, and that is an island is a canoe, or a canoe is an island, an island is a canoe. Mm-hmm. And when we were out there traveling all on our own, 15 people, we were a traveling community. And we everything we did was for the good of each other. And, you know, we tied the ropes when they needed to be tied. We washed the dishes when they needed to be washed. Nobody took a second to think about, you know, I feel a little tired, I'm feeling a little lazy. And so... I know we're all feeling the burn at the moment, and if we all do what's right for each other, that's the way we're going to get through this, and the Aloha spirit will rise stronger than ever, and it's, you know, really about everybody doing their kuleana and kokuing each other, mm, you know, and mm-hmm. so thank you all for all you're doing, and we're going to continue to um, be on the front lines for you guys, and... Um, and hopefully we don't see you anytime soon. Yeah, no, yeah. No. And along those lines, if I might just add, um, so you would, I would imagine then agree with that sort of um, the philosophy now that as we are starting to see a little bit of a flattening of the curve, that mm-hmm. this is not the time to let up no, on social distancing no. or all the other measures. Yeah, this is when the, the uh, pedal needs to be pushed to the metal. Um, and uh, continue to wear your mask out in public. That's probably the one of the best things you can easily do and mm-hmm. get those masks if you don't have them wash your hands quite a bit and you know don't go hang out and party with your friends um i know we all want to and we're all missing it but that's the last thing that our our islands need at the moment we don't want to we have the very very real potential because we're all still susceptible to this for becoming something similar to italy or or, or new york mm-hmm. so you mm-hmm. know now's not a time to to be doing any of those yeah, yeah, really good. Uh-huh. Yeah, we didn't want people to go, oh, look, we only got five new cases today. Okay, everybody, mouse. Yeah, uh, yeah well, that's, and that's not at all. I think that's one of the yeah. things that bothers me is mm-hmm. I, I keep seeing people posting stuff about, well, why don't you talk about all the people that survived? And if you take all the people who, they're, they're talking about, okay, these people got infected, but then these people survived and these people died, so how come you don't just talk about the people that survived? And I'm mm. like, well, because... We can't take, we can't, it seems like we can't deal with nice things. Mm. So every time we do stuff like, hey, look how many people survived. All of a sudden they go, well, shoot, I'm going to be one of those survivors. Cool. Yeah. And then they go out and do something. Mm-hmm. Right. And you go, no. Yeah. yeah. That's not what it means. I've actually heard people say, if I get it, I'm going to beat it. Like as if they have any kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, say in that sort of matter. Yeah. I, you know, there's even 
young people who are succumbing to this, mm, you know, yeah. in their mm-hmm. 20s yeah. and 30s. So nobody's immune to it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and word on those numbers is that those 500 positives test, you know, those were a, extreme lag in numbers because one, the incubation period or the time from when you contract this illness to when you start developing symptoms and then then go get a test Mm -hmm. can be all the way up to 21 days, on average 14. And then the test itself, you know, we're we're increasing our capacity and our our, um, availability for that to come back quickly, but on average comes back in seven to nine days. So that's already a three week lag in most of these numbers. So I've seen estimates as high as, you know, 10,000 positive cases actual true number cases that are walking around our islands or even higher Mm. um so now's not a time to lighten any sort of measures got it got it really important message i am so glad you're here today yeah we learned a lot we really did so we're gonna we're gonna make him come back at some point in time. I'm sure. <laughs> Would you please? Would you please? At some Absolutely. Point, should, I'm always ready. I'm not even giving him choice. I'm always ready. ready. Come back. So. I'm always ready. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. All right. So for our Kumukukua uh, segment, thank you, Dr. Dara O'Carroll from Kuakini Medical Center, and uh, we look forward to having you again. Thank you, guys.